another thing that pops up, it's like whack-a-mole, and just stresses me out, you know? Like the whole Texas disaster, and then there's Ted Cruz pulling that dumb fucking Cancun stunt, trying to justify it, and you're just like, I look at Ted Cruz, how does anybody look at Ted Cruz and not think like, who the fuck is this useless tower of bearded ham and think like, oh yeah, that's my guy, I'm gonna vote for him, he's our guy, like, how the fuck do you do that? How do you look at that guy and think like, that's the one? Who the fuck is he? What does he do? Nothing, you know? Sounds good. All right, let's do this. Hi, this is Beth. And I'm Stanie. And you're listening to Mixed Politics. Yeah. Welcome to episode two. What's going on with Texas? (laughs) (laughs) A lot. There's a lot. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So what are you drinking tonight, Beth? I am drinking, since I don't Mm -hmm. consume sugar, I have this uh, Naturally Zero Sugar Swoon Mixers Margarita Mix and some tequila. So I have myself a little margarita because we're talking about Texas. (laughs) <laughs> that's cool what are you drinking um i'm drinking a tequila pineapple punch but i held Ooh, off sounds on good. The, i held off on the pineapple and i might have cheated and like splashed a little apple in there but i'm drinking this for the very same reason and you can look this up <laughs> online it's, it's actually a real drink the tequila pineapple punch um it's coconut rum pineapple juice tequila lemon juice and like I said, I threw a little apple in there. But yeah, for the same reason, because, you know, we're we're all going south of the border when hell, <laughs> hell freezes over. When times get tough, go to Cancun. That's what we've learned this past week, right? Oh, I, I learned that. I can't wait for times to get tough because <laughs> I'm heading the fuck out. Right. <laughs> yeah. And on all top right. of it, I'm just going to blame my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because that's what good parents do, blame their kids, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, let's. All right. tonight we're talking about Texas and everything that goes along with that. So I'm going to let you kick this off, Stady. You've got, you got lots to off? say. Yeah. All right, so let's, let's talk about what's going on first. First things first, what is actually going on or what was going on? Because hopefully by the time this airs, problems should be solved. But a lot of people are still suffering right now. People are out of power. People don't have... Uh, good drinking water because there's a, a boil water provision out um, from the authorities in Texas. And some people don't have electricity. Um, and, you know, it's middle of winter. Well, close to the end, but in the high point of winter, we're having snowstorms. They had a snowstorm last weekend and um, they lost all of their utilities, you know, oil for heating, water, power, etc. Because it's a terrible situation. Oh, it is. Because a while ago, Texas voted to remove themselves, remove themselves from the national grid. So the, I guess the 48 lower states, 47 of us are connected to this national grid. And Texas decided we don't want to be a part of that. Um, and they wanted to privatize their energy. And it was the reason was twofold. It was because being a part of the national grid, they would be subject to national regulation where They'd have to have inspectors come in from the federal government. They'd have to winterize. They'd have to, the companies would have to spend a lot of money. So like American politics worked, 
these companies lobbied the Texas local government, state government to say, hey, let's get off the grid. We can provide power better. We can do it better, whatever. That's probably not what they said. They probably just greased some palms. It was just like, yo, let's run this. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw you some coin. Right. And then whatever. And so we don't have to deal with regulations. But, you know, regulations can be a good thing. And this is why. Because yeah. in an effort to privatize the energy for profit, they skirted federal regulations. So they skirted winterization. And right. so many systems that weren't held to any standards failed when barely any snow fell. Because if you look at it, they only had somewhere between two and four inches of snow. And everywhere else in the United States is like four inches of snow. Who cares? But <laughs> Texas shut down. That's what They're happened. just not used to having that level of snow. But I, when it comes, comes to the, the federal regulations, I get where the people of Texas want to be rogue. They want to be by themselves and they want to say no regulations bad. But what they don't realize or maybe they have forgotten is that federal regulations help to level things out for things that I, catastrophic situations they might not be used to. So Tex, mm -hmm. Texas is not used to having a lot of snow or that freezing temperature, but it's not too far off from what I do in my job. I, when somebody wants to say add a button on the screen and they want to make it red because it stands out, it's my job to come in and say, yeah, but if somebody's colorblind, they're not going to see it. It's things that they don't think about. So me, I'm the yeah. leveling person that says, hey, think about this and think about this. Well, if Texas is isolated and they only think about what their normal conditions are, the federal regulators right. can't come in and say, but you got to think about the catastrophic situation. That's when regulation's good. And, but that's the thing. Regulation's good for everybody else, but it's bad for business because mm -hmm. you have to spend money. And I'm, th I'm thinking to the tune of maybe tens of millions to like change out pipes, to winterize pipes, to insulate power lines, to do all of these things that would be required every, I don't know, five to 10 to five to seven to 10 years right. by the government. So none of those things benefit the company because as a business, you don't want to fix something that's not broken. Mm -hmm. And you kind of, well, they want to keep what, costs though? low. They say so they, they want to try to avoid certain mm -hmm. things that, that cost more because they just, they want to be able to make more profit. So the higher costs to less profit that they make. So here's the thing though, that, that kind of, that kind of thinking is juvenile. Because oh, of course. Like my, my father is an engineer and he will always tell you it is better to maintain than to obtain. So if it's broken, you have to replace it. Had you yes. maintained it, you wouldn't have to buy a new one. Right. Texas was That's just right. like, fuck all that. We want well, they wanted power. to keep we costs low, whatever. but look at how much more it cost them to fix what they broke. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't see. Now we're going to go off on a tangent. It's not causing them jack shit to fix what they broke. They're going to oh, politicize this. And then the federal government is going to come in and fix it for them with our taxes, a.k.a. socialism. <laughs> no, but think about the insurance companies. So all of the pipes that burst, all of the, the roofs that need to be repaired okay, because of all that kind of stuff, all of those things cost money for the insurance companies costs that they didn't they shouldn't have had to pay but now they're gonna yeah. have to all because texas wanted to be anti-regulation and then all of these claims are going to send people's various premiums up yes it's it's just not to be punny but it's a snowball effect <laughs> you know? hey you know what though you couldn't even make a real snowball with the snow that i don't want 
Texas, you're having problems, and I empathize with you. Yes, with we don't we, we don't want to make light of how of the of how they're yeah. feeling right now and the impact right. to the, the people. We're talking. We're we want to take pot shots at politicians right now. <laughs> so. Right. The thing that bothered me most about the fallout out of this is the governor, Governor Abbott, and oh. I, I I honestly never heard of him prior to the fiasco um taking place but like what i saw of him in the aftermath was not what i wanted to see of a governor like uh-huh. he was on i think i think the first time i saw him he was on sean hannity on fox news and well his that was his thing, first mistake i know right it's, but he goes on there and so no 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 so when i started doing research about this he had gone on some local texas station and like apparently he told the truth there he went on and he said, hey, this is the problems happened because we didn't winterize. Um, the companies didn't do what they were supposed to do in terms of keeping things to a certain standard. And a couple of the windmills had failed. However, the windmills are only 10% of our energy output. And that's what right. Texas heard. Well, that's what Texas heard first. And yes. then he went on fucking Sean Hannity. And he was just like, the windmills broke down. And this is what caused a domino effect. And the whole power grid shut down because of the windmills. And then he looks in the screen and he goes, America, this is what would happen to the entire country if we had the Green New Deal and AOC had her way. And it See, was this, like... this is a major <laughs> problem with politicians. So that that's him trying to spin it and be anti-democrat <laughs> and let's just set that aside for a minute let's assume that everything he said was true that something that that constitutes 10 percent of their energy policy yeah caused everything to fail and well, it didn't that it, it didn't uh, but uh, we're setting that aside let's try to give to say what he said was true mm-hmm. then that means they failed to to properly control 10%. If 10% of what you have makes everything fail, you failed at controlling your 10%. There's no reason that something that small should cause such a catastrophic failure. So I don't see why that's a good defense for him. That's stupid. It's not a good defense. It's not a good defense because not not only what you just said, but the fact that like immediately you should have seen Twitter exploding and like, I don't have Twitter. I have like this burner troll account that I go and like write <laughs> terrible things to Ted Cruz and Mitch McConnell all the time. I don't really like tweet, like, you know, right. my daughter yeah. rode a bicycle or something. Right. But when I was on there, I was like, what the hell? And then the department of energy or ERCOT from um, Texas put out a statement, like almost immediately they were just like, Hey, just so everybody knows, this wasn't a windmill problem. Right. Um, and then they put out, like, they gave us, like, the stat sheet, like, and showed you how much energy comes from natural gas, how much comes from coal, how much comes from nuclear, how much comes from right. wind. And wind was like, but, uh, but other engineers and other people started, like, chiming in on the response. And they were just like, hey, just so y'all know, the majority of the power in Alaska is from wind. And they're and good. Wind, and our windmills are working fine. And then, like, it, it was it, it was like a South Park episode. And then immediately, Canada ch- chimed in. And Canada was like, hey, what are you all, all going on about? <laughs> our windmills are working fine, buddy. Hey. And then Greenland chimed in. And Greenland was just like, uh, 90% from wind. We're still We're going. Good. Yeah. Iowa chimed in. Iowa was just like, 
yeah, dude. Majority of ours is from wind and we still good. So Right. This is why politicians try to spin <laughs> things and people need to be smarter. People need to not accept such a ridiculous defense because again, 10% mm -hmm. of your energy comes from wind and it failed. Yeah, no, that's dumb. So that means that they that's... can't, they're, they're inefficient at governing 10% of their energy. Oh my God. No, but that, that's the thing. It wasn't, it wasn't because of the wind. It, it was it wasn't. because pipes burst with the na it, natural gas was the problem. Pipes yes, burst and natural, natural gas, gas cetera, is cetera. definitely the problem. Oh they have a God. terrible defense. Over the past five days, um, Quentin Quarantino raised $1.2 million for Planned Parenthood. That's an amazing feat. And he did it all in Rush Limbaugh's name. But that's actually not what I want to talk about. The truth is that happened and it's great. And I want to shout him out because I have friends um, who donated to that. And it was really wonderful. And I think it's hilarious. But two other people raised money. Yes. Miss Ocasio-Cortez. And Mr. O'Rourke. Yes. Both, well, Beto is not, he's a Texas native. He's currently not in power. He was in government from, I think, 2013 to 2017, but he's no longer in power. Um, and between the two of them both, they have raised $5 million for Texas, for their food bank, for relief, for buying generators, for all of the things that Texas were, Texas citizens were in trouble of four and needed real assistance and immediate action. And so they raised $5 million. And like I said, one's not in power and one's a representative from New York. Now, why I thought this was wonderful is that about three months ago, that's not even true, six weeks ago, we had a situation where we had red states and blue states. And if if they were if you were very mean to me, then I don't know. Maybe you're gonna have to figure it out. But here are two Democrats, someone from across the world, from the big city lights, wearing her high heels, coming down here telling us Texas how to do things. <laughs> raised money to help right. the people in need. Yes. And I think that is wonderful. I think it's wonderful too. And fun fact about Beto O'Rourke, he actually ran against Ted Cruz and lost very, very by a small margin. Yes. And in Texas, that is insane. So Beto O'Rourke. The Texas Democrats never let up on that though. They keep reminding you. They're just like, hey, yes. just so you know, 48%, we, we were almost there. Yes. <laughs> and so now the guy who lost to Ted Cruz and isn't currently holding office is doing the job of Ted Cruz when Ted Cruz is off in Mexico somewhere. Just thought you I'd throw that out there. Beto lost to... the race and is still leading better than the guy who won. <laughs> you just had to segue in that. You couldn't just hold off because like I, I jumped over Ted Cruz and got to good news and you were just like, nah. No, we can go back to the good news. <laughs> we don't have to segue to Ted Cruz. I'm just saying that Beto lost that race and he is still leading he's not holding office and he's leading because that's what leaders do that's what you know? leaders do leaders lead someone said to me this week leaders lead and public servants serve yes and ted cruz goes to cancun <laughs> <laughs> 
Amen. <laughs> I don't know. That's wow. There's nothing else that can be said. <laughs> All right. So, but yes, that money that was raised is amazing because that that's what we want to see people do. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you hold office or not. It doesn't matter if you are a pastor in a church. It doesn't matter what your role is. We can all be servants. We can all pull together with whatever means we have to help people in need. But at the same time, like while I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for their public service and their organization, um, not just the money, Beto O'Rourke had called over the first day he called over 172,000 like elders and people who were probably, you know, a bit more frail and shut in and, you know, found out how they were doing. They were having people go out and rescue people and getting them warmth and food. And I yes. think up to the third day, he was up to about 400,000 phone calls. That's amazing. Like phone banking. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's doing the phone banking. Um, Ocasio Cortez, she's doing the fundraising and he's fundraising at the same time. So both yeah. of them together um, are doing this 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 crowdfunded effort from the citizens of America, not just Texas, because we're all chipping in. And it's like, but we shouldn't have to crowdsource. We shouldn't have to. Utilities. Right, right. That's, That's nuts. I'm seeing some people defending Ted Cruz and Governor Abbott by saying, well, what are they supposed to do? Um, well, I, I don't it, know. It, Look at Beto. Ask right. what he's doing. This do is what they can do. There could be <laughs> other things done too, but I don't understand the defense of people saying, well, what are they supposed to do? Um, when people are paying money for public utilities and the mm. utilities aren't being rendered, we don't just accept that as the end result. Like, sorry about your luck, but you don't have power. You still got to pay for it. No, no, that's speaking not of, acceptable. Speaking of sorry about your luck, you got to figure out a way. <laughs> I really think we got to talk about this next motherfucker. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he's a motherfucker. Tim Boyd. Tim Former Boyd. mayor, Tim Boyd. Tim Boyd. So if, if you don't know what happened, there was a mayor of a city in Texas. I believe Colorado City. Colorado City. Yep. Right. And um, when everything started to get to a fever pitch and people were losing power and losing whatever, and people started literally freezing to death or dying because of trying to heat things in their house, in their in their homes that they shouldn't be heating, like mm -hmm. a barbecue grill or a propane, whatever, and then having uh, suffering from carbon monoxide. This yeah. guy takes to Facebook as the mayor of Colorado City and puts out a scathing uh, post saying that it is not the job of the city or the council or the county to alleviate your problems in a time of a crisis. You need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps because he's sick and tired of all of these socialists who want a handout from the government, even in a situation of an emergency. And like he chastised people. He berated his, his constituents. He went off. Like he called them every single name in the book it was horrible um i might put a link to it in the in the comments um, we need to well, yes yeah I'll, I'll put a link to it because that was that was insane and yeah, so if you haven't I read it you got to read the whole thing yeah when i was when i when i read it i was just like this can't be real the first thing i said was my friend sent it to me and i said to her have you fact checked this 
because I'm not trying to put something out or like send to other people if you haven't fact checked it. And she's like, no, it's real. It's on the news. And so I, you know, went online and I was just like, oh my God, this guy really said this shit. This is wild. And like, but my take on it at first, I was very upset. And I was like, man, what is wrong with, what is wrong with Texas? What is wrong with Texas people? What is wrong with Texas lawmakers? What is wrong with the, with the United States of Texas? The fuck? Why would they elect people like this? But then you can't stop there. It's like, well, why would they elect Abbott? Why would they elect Ted Cruz? Is there something in the water that Texans are drinking where you people, elect terrible leadership i don't know but one thing so while i was you know making fun of that it occurred to me that the type of language he used in that post is indicative or probably even synonymous of the type of language he would have used in his campaign you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps you know down with socialism you know be you know, because he was telling people, you know, don't be don't be a, a pussy. Go out and fend for yourself and like take care of your family. Like I think there was a part of it where no, I gotta find he it. Said, sink or swim. Yeah, sink he said sink or swim. Sink or swim. That was the part. While you're looking it up, let me let me give you my take. The sink or swim part was what got me. Cause he's basically talking about survival of the fittest. And mm-hmm. when he received the backlash, he resigned, rightfully so. And then his wife lost her job and so then he started speaking out he started speaking out and yes she got canceled and so he started speaking out saying guys this was a mistake um you should show me some grace not his exact words but that was the sentiment of it and so my husband was like wait a second wait a second survival of the fittest in survival of the fittest if you make a mistake you get eliminated this is not the kind of thing where you could just say everybody else got to sink or swim but when it comes to me i gotta have a second chance not how this works so the negativity begets negativity you put out a negative message like that don't be surprised if you get negativity coming back at you i'll read i'll read the last part i'll read the last part it's hilarious i got it here only the strong will survive and the weak will perish perish as in not not pe but pa this guy is a literary genius (laughs) it was he goes folks God has given us the tools to support ourselves in times like this. This is sadly a product of a socialist government where they feed people to believe that the few will work and others will become dependent for handouts. Am I sorry that you have to be living without electricity and water? Yes, but I'll be damned if I'm going to provide for anyone that is capable of doing it themselves. We have lost sight of those in need and those that take advantage of the system and have meshed them together into one group. Bottom line, quit crying and look and don't look for a handout. Get off your ass and take care of your own family. Bottom line, I get, okay, so there's two bottom lines. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Anyways, yeah. bottom line, don't be a part of the problem. Be a part of the solution. Oh, I think I think that was just it was just a gem because you know that's how he spoke on the campaign trail. Yes. It's like, you know, we don't want any socialists down here, which means which 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 meant to me immediately, oh, so Texas doesn't want FEMA help. Right. Texas doesn't want Joe Biden to step in or the National Guard or what because that's socialism. Yeah. Taxes pay for FEMA. Right. Exactly. Tax- this is the the collection of their money. Mm-hmm. goes to a purpose of relieving everybody of their 
issues or or disasters or whatever. So yes, their tax dollars collectively go to pay for what FEMA gives back in times of emergency. So yeah, he probably campaigned on that. And then when it came to a time when Mm -hmm. people needed a collective source of money and help and water and food, well, that's socialism. He campaigned on that not being necessary. Now we know better. We know that there are times when people are going to need social help. Mm. That's why we think it's ridiculous when people talk about socialism being bad, but they can't even define what socialism is. So, so here's my, so here's what I was wondering. I was wondering if it was like, could it have been that he campaigned like being like this tough guy, cavalier, anti-socialism, whatever, whatever. And then when times got tough, he thought it was a good political strategy to maintain that. Or he's just like, you know what? Everybody else is looking for help or whatever, whatever. But I'm going to motivate these people and, and, and keep the same message. I'm going to keep that same energy, as, as the millennials would say. You know, keep that keep same that energy. energy. You, know, you know, keep that same energy. We don't want no socialism. We don't want no help. Uh, I think there was a part in there that was just like, if you don't have water, where was it? I got it. Was, it was so rich. It's like, if you don't have water, figure it out. Well, like, right. Yes. He was talking about having a backup plan. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. So if you, if you're paying money for utilities, why do you need a backup plan? Is that some kind of Freudian slip where he's admitting that these companies expect to fail at some point and not be re- held responsible for reimbursing their people? Nah. I mean, that's kind of what they're saying <laughs> that y'all got to have a backup plan if your utilities fail, well, why should we expect the utilities to fail? I mean, why should we need a backup plan? Well, we only need a backup plan if we think the first plan is going to fail. That first plan is what these people campaigned on. We're going to do this and this and this and this. This is your first plan. Well, why Mm -hmm. should that fail? Because they fail. That's what they're admitting is that they fail and there's no accountability for it. You're right. So, that leads us to the governor not taking any responsibility, not helping his own place. We got AOC and Beto O'Rourke um, going out of the realm of, of the things that they should be doing. One's a private citizen taking care of his family. The other one's a representative from another state, and they've raised $5 million. And then we've got this other guy who's telling um, the mayor, the mayor of Colorado City, who's telling Texas Texan citizens to, to suck it up, figure it out, Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, which is an absolute impossibility, by the way. Like, if you ever had boots with straps, <laughs> just, it's just not try possible. To, just try to pull yourself up by them. You ain't going nowhere. You just sit there and look like a damn idiot. It and, doesn't and, work. and these these people that are freezing in their homes with no food and no water, they ain't got bootstraps right now. They so got bootstraps, you, right? How can you pull yourself up? Theoretically, bootstraps would be like a generator. Oh, go yes. turn it on. They don't have no damn generators. They can't afford it. It was Bun B. Bun B did a post on his Instagram and he was just like, listen, I want you guys to understand the gravity of the situation here in Texas. People are cold. People are freezing. People are suffering. And you people who are from northern states, this doesn't make sense to you. But you have to think about the fine details. The fine details is when it gets cold, you put on your North Face or your Columbia or your Canada Goose. Who do you think in Texas has a North Face jacket? And like when he said that, I was like, "Ooh, right." Mm. This okay. is so this is atypical. They got for them. they got hoodies at best. Yes, 
This is atypical for them. That's why some so many people have died. They, people are dying right now. And it took public pressure for these people to realize that that's a bad thing. It seems like whenever politicians are involved in America and there's a crisis, people just die. And that's weird yes. for a first world country. Because when there's yes. a crisis in like England, they just go, oh, send these people out and fix it. People don't just die. Like 30 people don't just die in one day. Right. It's kind of, I don't know. Anyways, so that's going to lead us to the ultimate leader of Texas. My friend, your senator, the greatest of all time, <laughs> and possibly 2024 hopeful for the presidential candidate or the nominee, I know. Come on, man. You, okay, you so let me just... Guy. I know him. You love him. Raphael, whatever the fuck his middle name is, Cruz. <laughs> from Canada! I can't. Yes, he is from Canada. He is born I in Canada. I can't even hide my facial expressions right now. And I think that somebody gave us some feedback about our first episode that I, um, I was very even-keeled and not passionate. Y'all just haven't seen me talk about Ted Cruz yet, and you're about hey, to. I get really fired up talking about Ted Cruz. So, oh, I'm going to let um, it go. I'm going yeah. to let it go. It's going to be great. All right. Well, so what did Ted Cruz do this week that has stoked your ire? Well, first off, I'm going to quote Ted Cruz. Not this week, but in his political career, he made the following statement. In both law and politics, I think the essential battle is the meta battle of framing the narrative. That is a quote from that man. So he is, he thinks that one of the biggest battles of all is to frame the narrative appropriately. And that's what he's trying to do right now. He's trying to frame this as an optics thing. And Donald Trump Jr. backed him up on this to talk about this whole thing is about optics. So I wanted to frame this conversation with that in mind. But isn't, isn't that, isn't that American politics though? About framing optics? the narrative. So he might be right. I mean, well, nowadays, like, like in like classic politics, that might not be true. Classic politics is caring for the people who have elected you. The end. Yes. Yes. But where we are now in, in 2024, <laughs> 2021, <laughs> isn't the politics of the day, how can we spin this? Yes, absolutely. And, and that's why it's important for you and I and our listeners to be better than that and to actually identify what is the real issue, not what does it look like? Because yes, they will always spin this in their favor. And I'm mm -hmm. here to call some bullshit on Ted Cruz. Oh, I got, we so, got, and there's so much spin too. Yes, it's it so is. so much spin. And so our job is to, is to talk about what this really is. So it's not about optics. It's about the choices that he made. So at, to recap what happened, Ted Cruz gave interviews recently where he broke it down for everybody and he said that he was in his home with his family he was they had the storms come in he was watching the weather reports he knew it was going to happen then his power went out his heat went out and they were all huddled around the fireplace like this is this is his recap of it huddled around the fireplace and then his daughter said hey daddy since we have no heat and no power can we go on vacation <laughs> and he did he did. So number one, this is not about optics. This is about the choice that he made. 
it would be optics if he happened to be in Mexico when the storm hit, and then that just looks bad. No, no, no. Storm hit, he lost power, he lost heat, and he his daughter yeah. said, hey, daddy, let's go on vacation. Man, um, I really do think we need to stop bringing up his daughter said. I, I think we should frame it as he said his daughter said. Them correct. little girls ain't say jack shit. They ain't say that. Correct. They ain't say nothing. They ain't You're say right. nothing. Get out of here, man. You're right. He said his daughters said. Now let's let's talk about that for a minute. You're a parent. I'm not, but you're a parent. Now kids say things all the time. The darndest is, things. Right. But as a parent, is it not your job to teach them whether their thoughts are correct or not correct, or whether they could do something differently than what they think, than what their instincts tell them? So let's say your child, one of your kids says, Daddy, let's go on vacation you're a senator in the middle of a crisis. As a parent, you're not going to fault your child for, for thinking of that. I mean, that was her first thought, right? Mm -hmm. But as a parent, is it not your job to then say, honey, I understand, but I'm a senator and there are people hurting right now. So we need to go volunteer at a warming center, make sure that our people that I'm, I'm elected to lead have what they need to mm -hmm, be warm mm -hmm. and be fed and be you know, is that is that not the correct assessment of what so, parents should do to lead their children? I, I think I everybody raises their children differently. So I'm not going to sit here. See, I'm going to do what you did last week where you were like, I'm not going to get in Ted Cruz's bedroom and blah, blah, blah. Sure, I'm going to get in this yeah. fucking bedroom. But I no, <laughs> this, though, is like universally accepted. <laughs> this is universally accepted. You can't tell people how to parent their kids, but you can tell them when they're doing a shit job. <laughs> okay no that's that's why we have cps it's Correct. like i'm not gonna tell you what to feed your children or how you know what programs they should watch on tv but when your child comes to school with a cracked skull and she tells me that you know daddy hit me then we gotta take your kids away so now we so i just want to let it be clear i'm getting them fuck involved because i think this was a teachable moment that he missed yes let us let us let us hypothetically in our wildest dreams, imagine that the daughters of a senator, they're, they're 12 and 14, or 10 and 12, whatever. They're in middle school. They are. Okay. I checked. Middle school daughters who grew up their entire life with their daughter as a senator. Sorry, with their father, with their father. as a senator. Mm -hmm. right. right. And they've been in political life their entire life. Why would these two children? So my children would say, let's go to Cancun. Because mm -hmm. my job is whatever my job is, plus I do this podcast. Right. So my children be like, yo, we don't have any power. We don't have any whatever. Grandma lives in Jamaica. <laughs> Let's go. And I'd be like, you're damn right. Why yeah. would I suffer here when I could just go where I've come from and it's warmer? It makes sense. Because you're not obligated to serve the public. Right. However, if I were a senator and my daughters were 12 and 14, one, my daughters would never say this because they would be raised in a life of service. So yes. my daughters, especially my older daughter, God, and I love her to death, she's so smart. She would have said, hey, what are we going to do to help these people? Right. My daughter's currently six. So I'm quite sure a 12-year-old would be like, my dad's a senator. We need to be out there shoveling snow, putting salt on the roads, getting people back their power. My dad probably has to fly back to Washington to see who he can get on the phone 
to get this power sorted out or to get Washington to come back to help. Maybe he has to fly to Washington to go to people's office directly and be like, hey, we need some help versus yeah. a telephone call or a Zoom call or whatever. I would not expect in a crisis. I think it would be ingrained in my children's brain from the get-go that whenever there is a crisis, we don't jump ship. That's right. That's right. So we know for sure that Ted Cruz and Heidi Cruz are not, maybe not doing an efficient job at teaching their children that when times are tough, empathy, sacrifice, service, those are the things that a senator's family should be thinking of. It's not, but here's the thing. It's not even like he doesn't teach those things and he's just like a regular guy that drinks Bud Light or whatever. He's teaching them the opposite of what you should be as a man, as a father, as a senator, like the yes. opposite. Like, like yes. all right, if you talk shit about somebody that's in my family, I'm going to punch you in the face. That's not, Ted, and that's me as a man. That's not Ted Cruz. Mm -hmm. If I, if I make some fuck up, like, let's say I invest a thousand dollars on GameStop and I lose that thousand dollars on GameStop, just a hypothetical situation. I don't get up the next day and go, my daughters told me that they like video games and that I should put a thousand dollars on GameStop. And then when I lose it, I get on TV and go, man, that they told me to do that. Exactly. I don't know shit about video that's games. That's exactly what this is, right? That's what yes. he did. So, and that's why I was trying to give him, at least give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's not efficiently teaching his children this. Maybe he tried, but the the bottom line is they didn't learn that because they're and and beyond that, this incident, mm -hmm. he's teaching them the opposite because their first instinct was let's go to let's go on vacation, and his choice according was, to him. I, I'm according keep putting to that him, back in. According to him. Thank, thank you. Thank <laughs> you for that correction. According to him, his children <laughs> said, "Let's go on vacation," but he said, "Okay." Let's do mm. that. At no point, and this is where I think that Ted Cruz is extremely elitist. He talks about the elite liberals all the time. This man is so elitist that his first instinct wasn't to sit in this with his constituents. His first instinct was to get the hell out of Dodge and let them sit in it by themselves. And the he, at no point it, did he say, what can I do to help? He actually said, ain't my job. I'm out of here. It drives me crazy for two reasons. Whenever these politicians and we know who they are, like um, Moore and Boyd and Cruz, they campaign, they come in with the fucking stirrups and the, and the chaps and the spurs and the cowboy hat and the gun, big ass rifle. And they're they're coming in as like the, the Lone Ranger, you know, savior of Texas. And you vote for me because when those liberals come from their big cities and they come down here and they want to tell us what to do. I'm going to ride up just like this and I'm going to let them know what's what. And it's yeah. like two inches of snow fell, dude. And you got on a jet. <laughs> he went to a different country. <laughs> now, he no, ain't riding up on his horse. <laughs> that's the thing. And I want, and I need for him from here on out because to have more empathy for people who want to cross borders and go thousands of miles to give their families a better life because where they're coming from, they don't have clean water or electricity or heat and can't find food. Right. And because that's literally what he did in the yes. opposite direction. And on top of that, he said <laughs> in several what? interviews, 
he said, well, I had second thoughts almost as soon as I sat down on that plane. And yet you still went, Ted. You still I, went. I think I'm going to put up a graphic of Ted Cruz on the plane. No, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to put it. Ah, I'm going to put up a graphic right now. And I'm telling you right now. I'm going to put up a graphic right now of Ted Cruz in like the Delta Sky Miles lounge in the fucking super platinum level with the goddamn white leather chairs and the <laughs> where you can charge your phone off the off the, the fucking sitting it down shit. Like, they ain't no damn second thought. Dude, his optics are so, like, his PR team is so shit. Yes. He goes down there in a regular I-94 mask, right? And the shit fucking blows up. And he's coming back. He's in the Texas mask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody saw Actually, you? One he's, of like those, he... he's like those dumb kids that stand behind a tree and be like, you can't see me. I'm hiding. <laughs> it's it's the 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 juvenile mentality of these people is backed up by one of his PR persons went on the, the air and mm. she she gave an interview and said, Yeah, Ted Cruz is in is in Mexico right now. Big whoop. I'm sorry, big whoop? That was what she said. That's the mentality of these people. That's his communications person. Wow. That's crazy. Go. I just have one more thing to say about him, and this is really my bottom line. I have to collect myself so I don't get too fired up when I say this. We can have differences of opinion on politics Mm -hmm. all day long. And I respect people who are small government conservative that actually are, they follow through on that mentality. They're consistent with it. So Ted Cruz is one of those people who bills himself as a small government conservative. And those, his, his sentiment is really that he believes government's role is to handle emergencies and public safety or natural disasters, things like that. So when an emergency happened in his state, Mm. literally the thing that he framed his job was to be, he didn't do it. So my question is, what the fuck does this guy get paid for? If he has spent his entire political career and all of his political capital on being, you know, government's bad, this is what government should do, this little thing right here. And this natural disaster was within that little tiny box that he made. And so it's like, great, Ted Cruz, show us what you're made of. And he's like, I'm out of here. Why does he even get paid? He's he's made of group four on fucking United Airlines boarding (laughs) pass in hand. You know, dude, dude, people, everyone was scrutinizing the shit. Yes. He was like, so when he came, so he had every story. First, it was the, he. It was like the daughter said we should go, which as a dad, like straight up, you should have just said, "Hey, we're not, we're not going." So, get right. comfortable. But he came back and he was just like, "Oh, um, I was just escorting them down there. I planned to be back, you know, the following day, whatever, whatever." And like p- immediately, Twitter fucking blew up again. They were just like, "That ain't no overnight bag." Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. whole week worth of fucking clothes there, fled crews. Fucking you lying, you lying on little girls, and you lying on your boarding pass. Flying Ted, flying Ted, <laughs> fucking Cancun cruise. You're lying, you're flying, you're lying, and you're flying. That's what you're doing. So, so they started school, and then apparently 
some employee of United Airlines leaked the, the itinerary. And they were like, he was scheduled to come back either Saturday or Sunday. And it was like, yo, my guy, we got the proof here. And then they had like, so there was that itinerary. And then there was, he, he got on standby to get an upgrade for business class. And apparently that's public knowledge. Like they post that, like, so if you were at the counter and you wanted to get upgraded to business class or first class or whatever, it would be like on a website where you could go maybe United Airlines and see how many people are ahead of you. And so there was an R cruise. Because his name is fucking Raphael. I, th- Raphael I think that's the best Cruz. part. The best part is he Latino as shit. So he went back to the motherland, which is south of where he's from, which is Canada. I digress. But so there was that. And then he came back and like he was here. And I think he took two days of trying to spin this and realize that nobody was buying it. And then he went to an empty parking lot and like put a case of water in this woman's car. And somebody was just like, hey, we know that car. That's your staffer's car. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus oh, my God. They're so bad at like, this. <laughs> like, and, and like, for the because if you go to his, he has two Twitters. He has t- at Ted Cruz, I believe, and at Senator Ted Cruz. And when you go there, there are people just, you know, blasting him like, you know, you're a shit, you're a yellow belly, you're a fucking, you're a deserter. Because this is really what he is. He, you have deserted your constituents. Yeah. And they're going off on him. But there are also people who, as you said, were defending him. And they were like, you know, what are you supposed to do? If I had, if I was in this position and I could take my family to Mexico or another country or whatever, I would do that. Like, it's not his job or the governor's job to fix the utilities. And it's like, bruh, those are the same people that were lobbied to that got you in the situation in the first place. So those are the same people that should be able to get you out. That's right. I don't see why you're trying to absolve this man of responsibility and compare him as a United States senator of one of the largest states, the with the states with the highest energy output, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, oil, natural gas, whatever. Why are you defending this man? I don't mm-hmm. understand. Like, I got to go read Orwell again or something to understand how people defend, like, the oligarchs that are, you know, towering over them and controlling their lives. It just makes no sense to me. Instead of like speaking on your own behalf to be like, hey man, we need some help. We need to help our neighbors. What you did is foul, it's fucked up. They're just like, well, I would have done the same thing. What would he have done? What should he do? And there are people like, what should he do? What do you want him to do? Exactly what Beto O'Rourke is doing. Exactly what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is doing. Yes. Or, or at the very least, sit your bitch ass down and suffer with us. Yes. Yes, exactly. When people are elected to positions of power and influence, then when times get tough and their constituents are suffering, they need to use their power and influence to make things better. Period. Point blank. Good night, nurse. And that's it for mixed politics. I don't know where you can go after that. <laughs> so if you want, you can tell people how to reach us, Beth, because you're really good at that. Yes. Okay. So if you are on Facebook or Instagram, you can find us at mixed.politics. On Twitter, we are at mixedpolitics1. On YouTube, if you search mixed politics, two words, you will find us there and you can subscribe. And then you could also send us an email if you have questions, if you want to opine on how we talked about all the things today, you can send us an email at mixedpoliticspod at gmail.com.
And then we also have a Patreon. And Stanley, you're really good at talking about Patreon, so I will let you take that. Me. All right. Well, we do have a Patreon where you can sponsor us at as well as get stuff back from us. Um, stuff that includes getting a shout out, uh, asking a question and having it answered or a comment and having us respond to it uh, through email. We can have you remote on the show and broadcast it on YouTube, or we can have you uh, get dinner and drinks with us. All of these are varying different levels of sponsorship. Um, one of my favorites is actually the merch. You have a wide selection of merch. <laughs> the you, merch. you do. Yeah, there's hoodies, there's t-shirts and stuff. And if you sponsor us at that level, we'll send you one with a nice big ape with my headphones that says analysts, pundits, and experts from mixed politics. And so you can contribute and be a part of our show. Thank you for being here with us. You have a good night and good drinks and cheers. Cheers. I'm going to leave you guys with a clip of Lindsey Graham telling you how to get rid of Ted Cruz from four years ago. I, I remember you guys, that. I want you guys to enjoy this. And this is how we're going to end the podcast this week. A good Republican would defend Ted Cruz after tonight. That ain't happening. <laughs> If you killed Ted Cruz on the floor of the Senate and the trial was in the Senate, nobody could convict you. 